We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreya Slada. All right, Trey Slotta joining us here as we kick off hour number two. A normal Monday visit moved to Tuesday because it was, well, quite frankly, a very busy day in Lawrence yesterday. We had both Lance Leipold with his weekly availability and Bill Self with some availability. Two massive storylines to follow here with Jalen Daniels' injury, with the Arterio Morris situation. Shreyas, our uh, KU Insider is a hoops and football reporter for the KC Star. Shreyas, welcome in. I know it's been a, a little bit busy for you here lately. How are you? Good, good. Exhausted, but good. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've been there, man. We, we understand it. Let's, uh, let's start with football. So surprising everybody, no Jalen Daniels against Texas, uh, which is just really unfortunate, but it is the situation. But, I mean, in reality, the question is now, how long does this last? Is this a one-off? Is this something? I mean, we talked about it last week. I haven't thought that Jalen Daniels has looked healthy all year. Clearly, he's not. Is he going to get healthy? Is that even possible? And and how long, if he, you know, if he's not, how long does this consistent back injury keep him out? Honestly, it's so hard to say because uh, you know it, it seems like the back thing is it's one of those things where it can be good one day, bad the other day. And it's unfortunate because Jalen is such a talented quarterback and a talented player. He elevates his Kansas program. I'm not saying they would have beat Texas uh, in that game, but I think it would have been a heck of a lot closer than it was. And the time of possession that Texas had the ball wouldn't be double. The play uh, plays called would not be double almost of uh, what Kansas had. So it's unfortunate because I think Kansas really needs Jalen Daniels to have the dream season they're hoping to have. And I don't know what the timeline is because, you know, yesterday Lance said he was day-to-day and, you know, the trainers are looking at him. He didn't practice at all. So it seems like maybe he, maybe he might miss this week as well and maybe he comes back next week. I mean, it's just so tough to say because, uh, unfortunately, it seems like this back injury has just kind of been lingering on and off during the season. And, you know, him getting it in a hotel walkthrough is just unfortunate because, you know, being fined out 30, 45 minutes before play time and, yeah, you know, that's just a tough situation to be in against one of the best teams in the country. 
So watching the way, Shreyas, that this team responded, um, of course, hostile environment, big-time national window on ABC taking on the third-ranked team in America, the Texas Longhorns. You know, they hung with Texas for a while in that game. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the defense just looked gassed and the Longhorns ran away with it. What were your big takeaways from the way the Jayhawks, without Jalen Daniels, responded, Jason Bean specifically, uh, but just in general, the program not having their star quarterback ready to go in that big moment? I mean, I was pretty impressed by the defense for most of the game until really the second half. I mean, they're put in a really tough position where, I mean, to be quite frank, Jason Bean couldn't move the ball downfield. And, you know, the run game was doing all it could. I mean, they averaged, what, 5.3, 5.5 yards per carry. Uh, and Jason just was not was struggling to kind of, you know, get first down, struggling to, to you know, move the down, ball downfield. He had 23 yards at half, two of seven, uh, you know, on the throws he made. It just puts a lot of pressure on the KU defense to consistently be out there in the field, especially against, I would say a Texas team that has more talented uh, than probably anywhere in the big, big 12. And, and, you know, probably is more talented than most of the, the teams in the country, just their offensive skill players are so quick and shifty and, and, you know, they're so athletic and their ability to make players miss tackles was prevalent throughout the Kansas game where they missed a lot of tackles that Kansas has not usually had an issue with. Um, so I was impressed until the second half where it just kind of fell apart because I think they're gassed, you know, and, I think it all comes back to the offensive performance from Jason Bean and the offense as a whole. They just couldn't get anything going besides that deep ball connection. And then I guess a little bit of a, a luck on the uh, scoop and score from high on that fumble, you know, it, it felt like, you know, they're moving through mud a little bit on the offensive end. And uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing, I think crazy that, you know, that the defense, like you can look at, the Longhorns total, you know, offensive numbers. And they're really impressive. I mean, you know, don't discount that. They're, they're very good. But I look at the defense and I look at the offense and I look at so much of the defensive, like, you know, numbers that the numbers that the Longhorns offense put against the defense was because of the fact that the offense for KU couldn't stay on the field. I mean, you, you nearly get, you know, 39, uh, they had 39 minutes of possession, Texas did versus KU's 20. Uh, and you're looking at Texas having 86 plays to KU's 46. You just can't win football games that way when your defense is just constantly on the field. And, you know, they did a good job at half of making a, a 13-7 game, but, you know, like anyone could have told you, you know, it was going to happen, they just fell apart in the second half. It's just a really, really tough position to be in for, uh, I think, the defense. And, you know, I think if Kansas wants to win more games than not the rest of the year, they really need – the Jason Beam of last year, not the Jason Beam that showed up on Saturday. What do you get a sense of Shreya Slada joining us, uh, beat reporter for football and basketball for the KC Star? What do you think the difference is of for Jason Bean and bring us inside practice? Like how many did did Bean get any first team reps last week? Certainly he will this week. I mean, we know we did yesterday. Jalen Daniels didn't practice, but how is that in the past been split? And how much of a difference knowing if he has to go, he'll get those reps now this week. Do you think that's going to make for them? No, Lance said he didn't get any first team reps. He, he basically alluded to the fact that he barely had any reps for first team, like period, like even in the hotel walkthrough, you know, because I think Lance didn't realize the severity of Jalen's back injury until they got to the stadium, really. 
Um, and, you know, his first team reps were really that warm-up, right, at in, in Austin that Saturday. Um, it, it's one of those things where I think he definitely would have been a little better if he was a little more prepared. Um, I will say, you know, I think it was just a, a futile thing to expect him to play well against Texas. You know, they're just really, really good this year, and there's no discounting. Like, you know, Jason Beam is a quarterback that can play well against most teams in the country, but he, I think some of his weaknesses were exposed against Texas, his inability to kind of be decisive with his decisions, make the right decisions, scan, make the right read. I think those are things that Jalen does a lot better job of. Um, and I think, you know, that's where it really hurt KU's offense because I think Bean just struggled to kind of, you know, A, get rid of the ball to the right person uh, and make the right read and, and, and throw accurate throws. You know, I feel like KU's offensive line did a pretty good job of keeping him clear of hits. I don't, I don't, I don't remember him getting sacked, you know, at all, maybe once. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, I think that's the biggest difference between him and Jalen is, is just the ability for Jalen to read the field, make the right throw, be decisive with it, and, you know, make those split-second decisions that I think Jalen is so, so good at, whether it's, you know, to keep it on the option or, or decide to, to give it off to a running back or, or whatever. Um, that's super, super impressive. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting because he will be a lot more prepared, I think, this week uh, against UCF if he does play and start. Um, but I'm curious to see how he plays against them because, you know, obviously they're not Texas, so it should be a little bit easier. But, uh, you know, it's still going to be a, a challenge. I'm no doctor, Shreyas, and and uh, you know I'm I'm not in that locker room. I don't know, I don't know what their plans are moving forward. But it wouldn't surprise me if we see Jalen Daniels not play again until potentially October 28th when they take on OU. You've got UCF this weekend. You've got Oklahoma State on the road. They're in unmitigated disaster right now down in Stillwater, and then you have a bye week. So it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see Jalen until the end of October. But Regardless if that's the case or not, what do you think overall, long-term, this team's ceiling is if they've got to ride with Jason Bean moving forward? Well, I think I go from feeling like they're going to win nine games or, you know, to maybe go down to like seven, you know, or so. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more 50-50 games now with Jason Bean at quarterback. I, I mean, there's no disrespect to Jason Bean. He, he's a good quarterback and he's better than most backups in the country. I'd say he's a top 10 backup the top seven back in the country. I just think so much of what makes Kansas's offense brilliant alongside the running backs is Jalen Daniels' talent. And I've said that since, you know, the first time we've talked. I, I believe in this team because I believe in Lance Leibold and Jalen Daniels, you know. And I've been higher on them than I think anybody in local media for that reason. And, you know, the, the defense has taken a, a tremendous step forward. The special team is a lot better than last year. But I just feel like, you know, there's a level of confidence that is there with Jalen at center that I don't have with Jason. And I think Jason is a very good quarterback, but you really need, uh, you know, I think Jalen for the games that like, OU. if you want an upset against OU, you know, you want Jalen back for against Kansas state. You want Jalen back for Texas tech, you know, even OSU could be a 50, 50 game uh, now. And UCS could very much be a 64 year, 50, 50 game, you know? So all these games, I think that maybe Kansas would be decisive, like, you know, 70-30 or 60-40, now become 50-50. And, you know, football is so on the margin a lot of times, and especially college football because these guys are kids. You know, more often than not, they're not consistent week in, week out, you know, and, and that's why you see upsets all the time. 
you know, now there's a lot more question marks. You know, I, I really need to see, you know, if you're a Kansas fan, I think obviously you want Jalen to get healthy as possible, but you also want the coaching staff at Kansas to make Jason Bean's life a little easier. And I feel like they didn't do, uh, you know, all they could on that end. I feel like there was a lot of just either deep shots or the option. Uh, and I feel like if there's a little more intermediate passing uh, and a little more chance to kind of just play into his strengths, he'll be a lot more, uh, I think, not just better, but a lot more comfortable. And, I, I, you know, he just looked a little skittish back there against Texas. And, and again, you're playing the number three team in the country in Austin in front of 100,000 fans. I don't blame anybody for feeling that way, especially when you find out 30 minutes before the game that, hey, I'm starting. You know, like that's a really tough position to be in. And uh, I, I, I know for a fact that, you know, Bean will be better than he has been uh, as as he was against Texas. But that bar is particularly very high, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's interesting because I definitely think the ceiling gets lowered by a couple of wins. So KU gets a chance to bounce back this weekend against UCF. We've seen UCF against Kansas State. They can be explosive. Their explosive plays uh, hurt the Wildcats a little bit. Ultimately, the Wildcats handled their business. But Kansas has a chance now. I I think we we talk a lot about Jason Bean. It's the most obvious thing. And we alluded to this a little bit. But, Shreyas, how important is it for this defense to flex a little bit here? I mean, KU needs them. Leipold needs them to be closer to what they were before the Texas game than obviously what they were in the Texas game. I think it's humongous. I mean, you just really need the defense to contain this UCF offense ranked, I think, 20th in the nation in points per game. They average almost 260 yards on the ground. They have two quarterbacks that are pretty good. Even if the the starting quarter comes back, the backup has done a pretty good job. I mean, in the games that, uh, you know, he's played, I mean, he has 179 quarterback rating. Like, that's great, you know? So they, I think they really need, I think, A, to get some manufacture some turnovers, make it a little bit easier for Jason Beam, put them in a, a good position, you know, uh, you know, field-wise, and, and the opportunity to give him to give him maybe some shorter opportunity, like, you know, uh, length fields to kind of get touchdowns and stuff like that. Uh, I think they need to limit the run game against UCF because UCF's run game is so, so strong. I mean, 260 yards. Uh, in the season per game is it's tremendous. You know, Kansas is average, who has a tremendous run game is, you know, just a tad under 200. So, you know, I think the defense really getting back to what they did against BYU, what they did against, uh, you know, Illinois, I think is going to be humongous. Uh, and I think they need to make Jason Beam's job and life a little easier by, you know, getting some turnovers and, and wrecking havoc, honestly. Um, and if they do that, I feel confident that they can come out of, uh, this game against UCF with a victory. Jason Beam or Jalen Daniels doesn't matter. Shreyas, you mentioned uh, the, the running game for KU. Uh, of course, I asked you this last week. We talked about it multiple different times about the the duo of Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw. How much more important is it in your mind? You know, assuming that you know this team has got to go to Jason Beam to be able to figure out ways to get both of those guys, Neal and Highshaw going in different ways against UCF this weekend? I think it's humongous. You want to take as much pressure off Jason Dean as possible. Um, you got to let him play his game. You know, you want to use him in the option a little bit. You want to use his legs a little bit. You got to really lean on those two other guys and Dylan McDuffie. I mean, I think those guys can be so, so big uh, for, for Kansas. And I think, uh, you know, like 
they've been one of the reasons why the offense this year has been one of the best in the country. You know, like obviously it's tapered off a little bit because, you know, Jalen missed last game, but I, you know, they're still averaging nearly 200 yards a game and Devin Neal and, and high shot were pretty good against Texas. I mean, I think it was like 5.3 was the uh, yards per carry for, you know, how limited they were. I mean, they only had like eight carries each just because of game script, but you know, I, I think there was like, you know, there is, a huge thing where they need to get the run game established. They need to be turning out five, six, seven yards on, on a carry. They really need to just make it, I think, easier on Jason Beam's life so he can be comfortable and do what he does best, you know, making the right passes at the right time, you know, playing the option well, running with the ball when he needs to, um, and, you know, showcasing that, hey, I can fill in for Jalen Daniels. I just need a little support, you know, and if they play well, I think everything will fall into place. All right, let's switch to basketball a little bit here, Shri, as this Arterio Morris situation has been a hot mess. He's (laughs) off the team now officially. Um, Bill Self talked yesterday. Bring us inside what Self had to say, because KU publicly backed this guy, publicly, after a situation at Texas, and he comes to Kansas. And, you know, we've got to let the legal system play out, but even to be in the situation here— there's definitely some egg on the face, I think, but what is the university and Bill Self saying about the situation here now publicly? You know, I mean, I think publicly, you know, Self referred back to the statement a couple of times, and I, I asked him, you know, like, when did they find out the allegation, the suspension, and then, you know, he, he's like, I respect the question, but, you know, I'm going to refer back to the statement, and, you know, uh, and I understand if you guys might like not like the response, et cetera, when somebody asked him, like, what the background of bringing was, he said that he was well vetted. Um, you know, so I, I, I think, you know, he answered what he could in that press conference and, and the situation, like they keep on going, as you said, it's developing with the legal side of things. Um, and as somebody who's been really just thrown into, has been the epicenter of everything from breaking the initial story to the second story or whatever, it's been crazy to be quite frank. And, um, you know, I, I, I there's a lot of stuff that I think needs to unfold still. And I mean, obviously I'm still working on the reporting for other stuff, et cetera. But, um, you know, obviously with the trial happening October 18th, we'll have to see what happens there and, uh, you know, go on from there. But I think getting them off the team uh, and all that, you know, was just Kansas doing what they had to do, especially with charges and him being brought in for arrest. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I can say, at least at this moment right now. So without him, what happens now with the roster? So he's gone. Now we know he's gone. What will KU do, you think, to fill that spot on the roster? So Bill talked about maybe bringing uh, somebody in by Christmas because, you know, it looks, it's looking like they'll have nine uh, guys with uh, Clements redshirting, and it looks like he's still going to redshirt. Uh, so maybe they bring in another guy. It seems like Jamari McDowell is not going to redshirt which seems like he's been playing really, really well at uh, in practice and scrimmages. I think uh, I think it was K.J. Adams that mentioned he's the guy who's really stood out among some of the younger guys and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think in a way, obviously just basketball optics-wise, it really kind of clears up some of the guard rotation for Kansas. Like I know El Marco, Artario, and uh, Dewan and Nick Timberlake would have been a disgusting guard rotation, but – I think it clears up some minutes for El Marco, who's a guy who's a projected top 15 draft pick next year in the NBA draft. 
um, it might clear up some opportunity minutes for him to be really like a super six man, like where he plays starter like minutes. Um, and they start with Timberlake just because they need the shooting and he can be the, the first point guard off the bench. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to wait till Christmas to pick up somebody or, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Zach Clemens changes his mind down the line and he decides to redshirt or uh, not redshirt, you know, and, uh, but I, I think in a way it in itself, like it'll give opportunities for guys like Nick Timberlake and, and El Marco Jackson more time to shine. Maybe Jamari McDowell becomes, uh, you know, a guy who becomes plays more minutes and, and Johnny Furby. I, I completely forgot about him, but he's, he's, you know, I've heard great things about him, uh, you know, throughout. And he's, it seems like he's well, well adjusted from what his teammates have said yesterday and before. Um, so he, I think he's going to play a big role and an even bigger role with our carrier ground now. All right. Uh, Shreyas, good stuff, man. Anything you've got coming up this week, uh, on the star that people need to check out? Uh, so I'll be doing my regular film breakdown with, uh, former KU quarterback Carter Stanley. We have, uh, we're going to be just going through the good and bad of Jason Beam against, uh, Texas. So we'll have that probably come out tomorrow morning. Uh, and then typical football coverage, uh, UCF, you know, getting prepared for that, how on the nail back, et cetera. I will not be at the game. One of my best friends is getting married, but I'll be at uh, late night, which will be fun. And, uh, yeah, I guess check out all the stuff at thekansasstar.com. All right, Trius Lotta, you can find all that work, too, on X or Twitter at SHRE98. Of course, all the work at KC Star. If you missed anything from the beginning of this interview, you can go back and listen at KFHradio.com for free on the Odyssey app. Trius, we appreciate it. I know it's been a busy time. Uh, (laughs) I I would say things will settle in, but they won't. It's always busy this time of year. Uh, Good luck with the coverage, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. There goes Shreyas Lotta. Again, a lot we covered there between the Jalen Daniels injury, Jason Bean moving forward, the Arterio Morris situation, what happens with the roster. If you missed any of it, check it out. All right, when we come back, Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. He's been bouncing around, traveling. Confirmation that he's ready to roll. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. All right, Jad's tracking down Dan for us here. Dan's been traveling around this morning. Uh, We'll get him in just a second, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, We're going to go through several things with Dan. Uh, The Jets game, uh, the latest on Taylor Swift, probably not, Uh, but maybe. Uh, We'll look ahead a little bit. This Vikings game is interesting. I'm curious on Dan's take on back-to-back road games like this and what that takes. Uh, And then the wide receiver conversation we were having earlier, people wondering if the Chiefs should trade. I don't know if that makes sense to me. We'll see if it makes sense to Dan. And I do want to know, like, what what are they seeing in the film study as far as, you know, how these guys are playing and adjusting to Mahomes' style? Because we know that's a big part of it, right? And, you know, talent to talent, this could be an interesting room. But, you know, we'll get into all of that. Here he is, Dan Israel. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, Dan, welcome back in for another weekly visit. Glad you've been able to uh, get through your crazy day here and join us here on Sports Daily. Let's start looking back. The Jets game maybe a little closer than people thought. I think we could 
see something coming, but I don't know if anybody saw Zach Wilson playing well coming. What did you see from him? I, I mean, it looked like a different player out there. Nope, we lost Dan there just a second. Uh, we'll try and reconnect there um, with Dan Israel. Real quick, Tommy, on Zach Wilson. What? How do you think he bounces back? You saw the, the clip of him. Um, you saw the clip of him say, I cost us the game or something to that degree. I think one thing that's never wavered for him is his confidence. There's got to be some concern now about his confidence moving forward. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, you know, he had the best game that he's had as a professional on Sunday night. And, and yeah, you know, he fumbled the snap that ultimately cost them the game. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he, he led them almost to victory. And that's better than what Zach Wilson has basically ever done in his career. Yeah. Dan Israel is here with us now. Dan, what did you see from Wilson from, from your study going into the game versus what you saw during the game? How different a quarterback was he on Sunday? I think they did a complete body and mind transplant with him because uh, he was shockingly good. Uh, well, let me put it this way. He was, uh, he played to a level that I think he deserves a chance to improve. Uh, we've not seen that in the last three years, really. I don't know whether they reduced yeah. the, the, you know, the demand on him or what, but I, I, and then they were trying to get the ball out of his hand quicker, which I thought was very successful. But it uh, played much, much better than anything that I had seen previous to that. And I've watched quite a bit of a film on him, enough to see that he was consistently not playing well. And, and so it was interesting. You know, I stayed in, in New York. I'm still in New York, actually. I uh, had some business with league headquarters. And the uh, one of the – we rode out of the stadium as opposed to being on the team charter. I rode out with fans. And New York Jets fans were shocked. They were amazed that he played as well as he did. But I think for Jets fans, you have to be encouraged because he, maybe he just played much better than expected, I thought. Do you think, Dan, that that is a, a testament to just the, the pure talent that Zach Wilson has? Or was there something that the Chiefs defense was showing that Zach Wilson and the offense for the Jets, they were able to take advantage of? Well, I... <clears throat> You know, I think it probably a little of both, but I, I think, you know, he had an opportunity here to really settle down. One of the things that I had noticed about his play previous to Sunday night's game was he was taking two plus seconds on average to get rid of the football. And sometimes as much as two and, you know, 2.7, three seconds to get rid of the football. That is entirely too long for an NFL quarterback. You, defenses are just too fast these days. You can't do that. And I thought Sunday he was doing, he was right around two seconds or a little under. So I think there was a conscious effort on his part or on Nathaniel Hackett's as the offense, as the Jets offensive coordinator to literally reduce what they were asking him to look at, to say, look at this. And if it's not there, then throw it here. Uh, and that allowed him to, to you know, uh, launch the ball uh, much more quickly than he had been doing. Uh, but I also think he made really good decisions when he had the opportunity to make a decision. And that's something I hadn't seen prior to that. So both were a little bit shocking to me. I think there was an effort to say, okay, let's take some load off of him. But I think he just physically played better Sunday night than he's been playing. I can't answer why. I don't think Jets fans can answer why, but they're just happy about it. 
Well, let's talk about the Chiefs. And the the wide receivers have come up in conversation. There are people wondering if the Chiefs should go trade for somebody. Here's the problem I have is I don't watch the all-22s. I don't, I don't study the film, but we know you do. So when you're watching this and you're watching these receivers, to me, when I just watch a, a game as, you know, a normal person watches a game, it doesn't look like a lot of the time Mahomes is getting to the younger guys in his progressions and my guess is they're not used to and good enough yet at adjusting to his second reaction plays. So I, I guess my question is, is there is there progress being made with this group when they're not actually catching the ball to adjusting to this offense? Or do you think going outside and maybe bringing somebody in? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, I think that there were moments, there were flashes of what could be from Sunday's game. Uh, Rasheed Rice, I thought, had a couple of moments where you can see how athletic this kid is. And if he can just hang off, uh, in my opinion, he has the potential to be uh, somebody, you know, a, a, a productive member of the wide receiver room. There were uh, some Justin Watson in the past few games. There, I, I think there's definitely a, a core group there that they can – they can utilize. I don't know where MBS disappeared to. I, I felt like, you know, that was strange to me. And, and can you br- go out and get somebody and bring somebody in? Yeah. I mean, I think if you can go out and get a quality person and bring them in, that's always going to help. I also think there's just what you said, where the receivers, some of these young receivers aren't, don't quite have the synergy with Mahomes that a guy like Travis Kelsey does. Um, you know, uh, where the two are thinking the same thing, even though it's not drawn up that way. And so I think that will improve as the reps improve. So as these guys play together and they do more together, that will also be a factor. And then lastly, the Jets secondary is just that good. These guys are fast. Sauce Gardner and, and they're the real deals, man. And And I just feel like, you know, I, I said all pregame long, I kept asking the question of everybody that I could ask, 
should the Chiefs just run the football? Should this just be a, you know, I mean, we rushed for 153 yards the prior week. We had all three uh, running backs score a touchdown. Let's just do that, right? You know, we know these guys take the ball away. And so I felt like that should have been our game plan from the get-go. And everybody else kept telling me, no, no, the Chiefs can't abandon their identity. It's like, well, you know, we do that every week. That's how you combat an opponent, right? You, you change yourself. You're a chameleon, and you've got to change. You've got to adapt. And, and so I felt like the Chiefs' resistance to that at first, well, in the first quarter, I thought they did a good job of it. But then in the second and third quarters, I felt like Mahomes just, you know, they were almost trying to force the passing game to get going. And I think if we'd just been more patient and rushed the football, it's awfully easy for me to say, you know, from the comfort of my hotel room, right, three days later, looking back on everything. But I feel like this was a game where the wide receiver room wasn't going to be terribly effective. So from my standpoint, I wouldn't read too much into that yet, but I think if in the next coming maybe two or three weeks we don't see somebody start to emerge, I don't think the Chiefs are going to have a choice. I think they're going to have to go out and find somebody that can come in and, you know, set this room on fire, so to speak. Dan, do you think that the identity offensively for this team, do you think that it's we're just kind of at a point now where we ought to get used to the fact that they might be a more balanced team than what we're used to? Like they're, they're going to run the ball more than what we're used to with the way that the offenses ran with Patrick Mahomes over the last few years or, you know, that maybe just the the wide receivers are not going to blossom in the way that we thought that they might. And then kind of following up with that, if that's the identity of this offense moving forward, is that enough in your mind for them to win a championship? That's an excellent question. You know, I think I'm an old school guy and, you know, I've been around 35 years and this, you know, there's an element in, in me that says, take the complimentary football. You can win a championship. Championships have been won with that and defense for years. And if we're a very balanced team where we, you know, half the snaps are running, half the snaps are passing, and the rest is pure solid top five defense, who cares, right? You know, as long as we can stay in games. But I, I feel like for fans, we've become accustomed, and not just fans, I, I think internally in the organization too, we've accustomed to saying, oh, we can score 30, 35, 40 points, and so why not? Well, you know, there was a day and a time when 20 points would win you a football game. And, and so a little bit of both, again, uh, to answer your question, I, I feel like at times I love the balanced approach because you're going to play teams – whose strength don't line up with yours and, and it, you've got to apply, you don't want to take your weakness into their strength. And so the more balanced you are, the less a factor that is. So for me, I like the idea of balanced football. I think the chiefs like the idea of balanced football, but again, when the bullets start flying and you're, and you know, you're, you're making calls three and four plays ahead of when they're actually occurring much harder to do in reality than probably it is to talk about right now. But I love the idea of the Chiefs being a balanced defense, and I mean a balanced team, a complementary team. I would even throw special teams into that where, you know, if, if we could get some, you know, a big special teams play here and there to kind of steal a possession or, 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 you know, cut the field in half. I think all of those things the Chiefs can benefit from, all teams benefit from. But the more you can do them on demand, I think the better football team you are. 
It's interesting, Dan, as we look at him and, you know, Butker's been seems to be back, which I agree is a big advantage. What do we think? Because, you know, the Chiefs probably didn't win that by as much as people thought they would. You're seeing the Vikings struggle. What, but it's a back-to-back road game, and just how difficult is that in this league to go back-to-back on the road? Yeah, I think it's very difficult. You know, I mean, the stress and pressure that it puts on me as a broadcaster is difficult. And for players, you know, it, it's the, the whole team, you know, just picking everything up and moving back and forth is, is very difficult. And, and the Jets game in particular is a long travel. Now, Minnesota won't be that long, but – the Vikings are definitely in. I think the other issue with this game is it's an NFC team. We don't really ever, you don't fully know how you stack up against the NFC. You know, you, the, the league plays, you essentially play one NFC team that finished in your ranking as an AFC team. And the rest is just a, an NFC division team that you play. So it, it's really difficult to know when you go up there, how good are these guys? Are they struggling to a point where, you know, uh, we can take advantage of that? Or is it they're struggling against other teams? Now, in my opinion, from what I've seen out of the Vikings, they just seem to be struggling. I, I they're, they're a very strange team. They have all this potential, and yet they never seem to quite put it together at the right timing, and they lose games in the fourth quarter. That's what the Chiefs are good at, winning the games in the fourth quarter. So it would appear that we should be able to go up there and, and take care of business against the Vikings, but – as you said, back-to-back road games, it makes it difficult. And, and you know, if you read into the, the, all this Taylor Swift conspiracy, uh, who knows, you know, I, mean, I guess we, we need a copy of the NFL script to really know what's going to happen. Dan, uh, after watching what Isaiah Pacheco did on Sunday night, of course it was a homecoming game for him and, and all of that, do you think that he – he is built in a way and not just physically, but just in the way that, you know, he runs the football and how driven he is and all of that, that he can be a bell cow running back. I know that one of the concerns with him has been just how physical he runs the football maybe makes him more you know, susceptible to injury and, you know, not being able to hold up for an entire season. But do you think that if Andy Reid and Matt Nagy lean on him to be a bell cow running back, that that is a, a viable option for them offensively? You know, I I love watching this kid run, and, I, and he's just – and I've seen a lot of good running backs. Priest Holmes, you know, part of my career covered Christian Okoye, uh, Larry Johnson's Marcus Allen. Uh, I think he's the funnest running back I've ever seen in a Chiefs uniform. I think he's the second greatest runner I've ever seen on the football field. Uh, or been close to, I would put Barry Sanders above that, but I I don't think running backs can survive a long time, period. I don't care who you are. You know, if this league can break a guy like Andrew Luck, six foot six, you know, 260 pounds or whatever he was as a quarterback, they can break a running back no matter how he's built. And even though I think Pacheco, I think the speed at which he runs, the intensity that's both – improve his chances against injury his weight and size improve his chances against injury but running backs historically throughout the last 60 years or certainly the super bowl era 
in the National Football League are like tires on a car. The more you drive the car, the more tread you wear off the tire. And I just I, I feel like he would be I don't feel like he could avoid that forever. I do think he's got an advantage against it. But if you run him enough, he's going to get hurt. I mean, even Nick Bolton right now, you know, is hurt. And Nick Bolton is a guy, I thought, uh, who's built very similar to, to uh, you know, Pacheco. But I, I feel like these ankles and, and, you know, there's just the league is very violent still, it, it, despite their efforts to try to pull these plays you know, to, to kind of water these plays down and to water the collisions down, running back is, is just always going to be one of those positions it's hard to be durable at. I'd like to think he's going to be above average durability, but he's not invincible. All right, Dan, uh, we've got you guys coming up this weekend. What's special on the broadcast for this Viking games we can look forward to? You know, you know we're going to have a, uh, a very special guest this weekend. Paul Allen is going to join us. He's the Vikings play-by-play nice. guy. He's also yeah, he's he's very uh, he's very well known throughout the league for having these iconic calls, much like Mitch Holtis. And uh, so it's going to be fun. We're going to get a chance to talk to him. And and it's interesting. You know, I've been to uh, a lot of stadiums in my career. The Viking Stadium is one stadium I've not been to. It's been last time we played there. We were playing at the University of Minnesota. So we're going to take maybe uh, we're going to try to do a little mini tour of the stadium as well. But should be a good broadcast. Should be a good game. You know, I mean, this is a these are two playoff contending teams. So I would expect that uh, the Chiefs better bring their A game. It's going to be exciting one way or the other. All right, Dan Israel, you can hear him this weekend over on KNSS, the home of the Kansas City Chiefs on our Odyssey family. Dan, safe travels. Uh, Enjoy your time and we'll look forward and enjoy the broadcast this weekend. Thank you, gentlemen. Go Chiefs. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joining us for a weekly visit. Always appreciate that. Uh, Jad, let's give away that last pair of Dropkick Murphy tickets here on the way out. They're coming tomorrow. If you're a Dropkick uh, Dropkick Murphy fan, this is your chance. Our last pair. Wave tomorrow, 7 o'clock, with Jesse Ahern and the Interrupters. Get your tickets on us. First caller, IHOP Hotline, which is brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new pumpkin spice pancake combo. 869-1240. Good luck. We'll be right back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily here on KFH. Tommy Castor, Jacob Albrocht. And Jad Chambers producing the show. Congratulations, Brandon. The final pair of Dropkick Murphy tickets goes to Brandon. That show uh, tomorrow night at uh, the Wave, uh, the outdoor venue there uh, in downtown. It's going to be a great show. I mean, Dropkick Murphys, uh, we talked about it a few days ago. Uh, Always fun. Always a a great time, uh, you know, to be able to enjoy that kind of band. And I know that it's been kind of a blast from the past, Jacob. I don't know about you, but... Hearing when uh, we've been giving those tickets away for Dropkick Murphys, hearing the intros of those songs, like, takes me back. I remember, like, listening to all of them back in the day. Oh, yeah. I got to see them live at the Amarillo Civic Center way back when, and it was intense to see the mosh pit. We'd got, I told you, I was, like, we had a ska phase in the, in the band that I played in in, yeah. like, middle and high school. And we had gone to, like, a Christian ska show 
which was very friendly, right? Like everybody's moshing out. But if you know, if somebody fell down or whatever, they, they would help them up and pick them up and take care of them. It was not the case at the Dropkick Murphy show, where it was a little more intense. And uh, I was like, whoa, as a middle schooler, I had to step back a little bit and get out of there. But uh, it was fun. Uh, Dropkick Murphy's a cool. It is a blast from the past. I agree. Uh, Tommy, you sent me this. We'll have to get into this tomorrow. The Royals are returning all their coaches. <sighs> Boy, I feel I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. I, it, they didn't win a ton of games, but you did start to see progress with certain players, which I do think is meaningful and I do think is important. So I, I don't I'm going to have to digest this probably and get into it tomorrow because I don't really know how I feel about it. Yeah, you know, the development of these young players, like that's paramount more than anything else. And so J.J. Piccolo feels like Matt Quattrero and the coaching staff are the guys to help develop these players. Then, okay, I get that. Like, it makes sense. Even though they lost 100 games, you did see some flashes. Of course, Bobby Witt Jr. had a really special season. Cole Reagans came along, you know, towards the end and was a breath of fresh air. So, again, if they feel like these are the guys to develop the players, I'm okay with that. The results on the field notwithstanding, it wasn't acceptable. But again, you're going to need to start seeing that progress. Yeah, it's... Boy, it's tough, man. I don't know. I, I, let, let's get into it tomorrow. I really, like, I don't have... I got to think about this one. And whether... Because it had sort of slipped my mind, honestly. And we talked about right. it in the very beginning of the season. And I'm just like, oh, you sent me that. And I'm like, God, I kind of guess I just assumed that was going to happen. We'll get into it tomorrow. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs get underway today, by the way. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on tap here on the network today. Sports Daily, next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.